Hey everyone, it's Marielle. And before we get to the show, I want to warn you. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is strongly advised. Enjoy the show. Today, I'm going to share with you the story of Francis Newton. Francis Newton. Newton. (gasps) Yes. What do you know about Francis Newton? I know that she's a black woman. Hmm? Pretty sure she's wrongfully convicted. And it's corruption in the police. You could be on to something. Oh, totally. And you picked this out before shit went down. Yeah, I picked this case out probably a month ago. ago. (laughs) Okay, so warning, this case involves the death of two children. And my main source was the ClarkProsecutor.org, where it had archived all the articles that were written about it. All right, so Frances Newton was born April 12th, 1965. She was executed by lethal injection in Huntsville, Texas on September 14th, 2005 for the murder of her husband, Adrian Newton, 23 years old, her son, Alton Newton, seven years old, and her 21-month-old daughter, Farrah Newton, allegedly for insurance money. Frances and her husband, Adrian, had already been having marital problems, but they still lived together along with Adrian's brother, Sterling Newton. Adrian and Francis were also seeing other people during this time. So they were living their own lives. They just lived together. One can, could assume for the kids. Mm-hmm. Francis was seeing a man named Michael Jeffrey Freelo, and Adrian was seeing a woman named Ramona Bell. Chugs Margarita. <laughs> On April 7th, 1987, between 5.30 and 6 p.m., Sterling Newton came home. Francis asked him to leave for a while to give her some time to talk with Adrian alone about their marital problems. Sterling left about an hour and a half later, which I thought was weird. Like, hey, can you leave? Yeah. And then he leaves an hour and a half later. Who knows? Maybe he had to pack a bag, find somewhere to go, mm-hmm. could take all night. At about 6.45 p.m., Ramona Bell called for Adrian. So she called the apartment. Ramona and Adrian spoke for about 15 minutes and Adrian told her that he was tired, was going to go to sleep, but not until Francis left because he didn't trust her. Mm. So Alphonse Harrison, a friend of Adrian's, had seen Adrian earlier in the day, and the two had made plans to get together later that night on the 7th. Alphonse called the apartment between like 7 and 7.15. Francis answered the phone. When Alphonse asked to speak with Adrian... Francis put him on hold and just left him there. So on that same day, April 7th, 1987, between 7 and 7.30, Francis picked up her cousin, Sandra Nelms, in her car. So Francis asked Sandra to come over for, to her apartment to visit for a while. But before they left, according to Sandra, she watched Francis take a blue bag from her car and put it in the house that was next door to Sandra's. So 
the house next door to Sandra was technically abandoned and it belonged to Francis's parents. Then the two of them drove to Francis's apartment. And then when they got there, that's when they found Adrian, Alton, and Farah. And then Francis immediately calls 911. Okay. At 827 that night, Harris County Sheriff's Deputy R.W. Ricks was dispatched to the apartment complex. Francis and Sandra, her cousin, were present when he arrived. And then in Francis's apartment, he found the bodies of Adrian, Alton, and Farah. Adrian was on the couch, shot in the head. The two kids were in their bed, each shot in the chest. Fuck. Deputy Ricks found no sign of forced entry or struggle. Later that evening, Sandra told a homicide detective about the blue bag and took him to the abandoned house. Inside the house, he found a blue bag containing a twenty-five caliber semi-automatic pistol. The gun was traced back to Michael Newton, who... Newton. Newton. Oh, so not Newton. No, this is Michael Newton. M-O-U-T-O-A. Okay. Yeah, okay. totally not related. Okay. So he lent that gun five or six months earlier to his cousin, Jeffrey Freelo. Jeffrey Freelo, remember, is Francis' boyfriend. So when detectives showed Freelo the gun, he recognized it and said he kept it in a chest of drawers in his bedroom. He also said that his girlfriend, Francis Newton, also did his laundry and had an easy access to the gun. So on April 21st, 1987, Francis filed claims on the life insurance policies she had taken out of the earlier. She was arrested and charged with capital murder the next day. A ballistic expert testified that the pistol found in the abandoned house was the murder weapon. He also testified that nitrate residue from gunpowder was found on the skirt that Francis was wearing on the day of the shooting. Oh, shit. He testified that another possible source of nitrates was fertilizer. Oh, true. So the state also presented the testimony of Sterling Newton, Adrian's brother, Ramona Bell, Adrian's girlfriend, Alphonse Harrison, Adrian's friend, Sandra Nelm, Francis's cousin, and Jeffrey Freelo, Francis's boyfriend. So I looked up nitrates and nitrates and fertilizer versus nitrates and gunpowder. So, yeah, because you totally hear like on commercials for like fruit juices and stuff like free of nitrates and blah, 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 or whatever. So according to Wikipedia, gunpowder, also known as black powder, to distinguish it from its modern smokeless powder, is the earliest known chemical explosive. It consists of a mixture of sulfur, charcoal, and potassium nitrate. So sulfur and charcoal act like the fuel of the salt peters oxidizer. I was just like thinking about like oh. a spark going off. I was like, in my, in my head, I was doing science. <laughs> I was like, oh, and then it's a spark and it lights. <laughs> There's two different types of nitrates in fertilizer and gunpowder. Okay. Okay. Also, I looked up ballistics testing and it's pretty accurate. Like they did a study. I found this article on the National Institute of Justice.gov. Could totally be biased, and this could be skewed, but they did a study that showed the examiners correctly matched the spent bullet to the barrel that fired 98.8% of the time. So it's not 100%. There's still that point max or percent chance. So what they did was they shot a bunch of guns and each of the people were able to trace which bullet came from which gun. 
This is interesting. Back to the story. Francis pleaded not guilty. And at her trial, she testified that she found the gun in her home and took it out of the apartment for a safety measure. She said her family may have been killed by a drug dealer named Charlie in the process of trying to collect a debt from her husband, Adrian, who she reported that Adrian had a long-time drug addiction. Francis had a prior felony conviction for forgery. She received a sentence of three years probation in December 1985. A previous employer also testified that Francis was fired from her job for stealing money. So it shows that money was probably an issue in the family. Maybe that could be a point in the marriage. I don't know. In October 1988, a jury convicted for capital murder for one person in the same offense. And they sentenced her to death. The Texas Court of Criminal Appeals affirmed the conviction and sentence in June 1992. All of her subsequent appeals in state and federal court were denied. Frances, however, maintained innocence, and in a death row interview, she quoted, I was so scared and confused. Not only was the family dead, but they charged me with murder. She and her appeals lawyer claimed that she received ineffective assistance from her court-appointed trial lawyer, Ron Monk. Mm. Not surprising. In a recent interview, Ron Mock admitted that he was quote-unquote burned out at the time of Francis's trial and was not enthusiastic about her case. Fuck you. He said that the case was an uphill battle from the beginning. He's quoted, I had nothing really to work with other than Francis saying she did not do it. Mock has been barred from accepting court-appointed capital murder cases since 2001. Yeah, good, because what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's good, but too late well she was executed in 2005 and he was disbarred in 2001 wow that right there she should have gotten a new trial whether she's guilty or not that right there gets you that's that's your right to a new trial francis also said that the nitrate residue on her skirt was from fertilizer in december 2004 on a previously scheduled execution date governor rick perry accepted a recommendation from the Board of Pardons and Paroles to grant Newton a 120-day stay of execution so that the skirt and the 25 caliber pistol could be tested again. However, the skirt had been contaminated after the original test. Stocking. And retesting of the pistol confirmed that it was the murder weapon. In their most recent appeals, Francis's attorneys claimed that investigators actually seized two or more guns as evidence and that one of them, not the one in the blue bag hidden by Newton, was the murder weapon. But a week before her execution, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals rejected the multi-gun theory as previously weighed and rejected. The U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and the U.S. Supreme Court declined to take the case. The Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles declined to grant a reprieve. Oh, my God. Like, they just hate her so much. Yeah. Francis says... I know I did not murder my kids and family. It's frustrating. Nobody's had to answer to that. At her execution, when the warden asked if she had a final statement, Newton answered no and shook her head. She was pronounced dead at 6.17 p.m. on September 14, 2005. Oh, it's so fucking sad. Fuck. Heavy. So just the... Her attorney was just barred. The skirt was contaminated. It's like every single odd was stacked against her. 
And, you know, this case is just like a snapshot of all the injustice that and all of the anti-Black racist policies and systems. It's like she never had a chance. Right. Like struggling just like for money. Like that's clear. You know, you know how many fucking high. appeals they get Bundy and all those fucking like high profile cases. Yeah, they rejected all of hers. And you know, it, I don't think that I didn't see anything about any lawyers coming to offer her pro bono. So she probably couldn't afford, like a good attorney. It's just sad. And that was, and when he was just barred, it was two thousand one. So nine eleven happened. Between 2001 and 2005, there was a lot of shit going on. So, you know, yeah. it was easy to just ignore mm-hmm. another injustice, I guess. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah, so that was that. Oh, also, I looked up the Houston Police Department's crime lab and learned that in November 2002, the crime lab was under scrutiny due to a newscaster highlighting several criminal cases of which one of them was the Josiah Sutton case um, that the police department requested an independent audit of the crime lab DNA section. So the Houston crime lab, they were suspended for testing DNA. So they have already been under investigation. So they just didn't give a shit. Like they knew they had all these procedural errors and they were just like, fuck it though. Yeah. Absolutely. Our justice department doesn't see the humanity in people of color. No. Especially black folks and women. Mm-hmm. Whoa. But on a lighter note, we have a pod kitten. Oh yeah, we have a pod kitten. I have a nephew. Name's Kevin. And we finally got a pet. I guess we could tell the story. Yeah. So I got a, I received a text message from a friend of mine and she said that there was a mama cat who had an injured foot and the owners were about to move out and they were going to abandon her and her kitten. So of course I was like, okay, I'll help. Cause you know, I'm that person. So she brings them the next day. First of all, I didn't really know she had a kitten. I kind of like, she had mentioned it like in like the third text we sent and, you know, she has a baby boy, but I didn't, I don't know why I didn't click like that. I would be getting two cats the next day, but then I was like, oh my God, I'm a kitten. And so, you know, I faced her Amanda and it was just like, finally, it was like everything worked to get her. Cause you know, I sent Amanda screenshots and videos of cats i see all the time at shelters or online and she's like oh they're cute i'm like bitch adopt (laughs) when i think of adoption i think cats at the shelter are saved safe they're well taken care of they're still loved the only way i could justify adopting an animal would be if i rescued it from like the garbage and i said that exact thing like two weeks ago and then here we are little abandoned kitten crazy like all his shit fits in my apartment. He's so cute. He's he's a tuxedo, but he has like exactly what our grandma said, a Batman mask. Yeah. I think he looks like one of the PJ masks, if anyone oh, knows yeah. what that is. But he's got the perfect little mask. Mm-hmm. It's very Batman because of the ears. Yeah. He's got black ears. And then he's got this perfect little black nose and little... And he's got little dominoes on his back. Yeah. 
And his little chin, he's kind of got like a black goatee. Oh, yeah. We'll post pictures. Yeah. Don't worry. There'll be a lot of Kevin content. Yes, his name is Kevin Malone. Malone. All my office fans. And uh, I'm keeping his mama. She has an abscess on her leg from the cat bite. So it's possible she could have been impregnated again during that altercation. We'll see. We'll see. Obviously, Uh-oh. I hope not because there's enough animals that need homes. But it wouldn't be the end of the world if, you know, I got to take care of newborn hens again. Well, I didn't have to bottle feed because they had their mama, but no, it was just like she'd probably have like two. She's tiny. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was her only one. Right? I know. I wonder, unless like they, the other neighbors like took the kittens. Yeah, but he's chill. He's totally chill. Yep, fitting right in. Getting it, sitting pretty. Obviously, I just there's a lot going on right now. A lot of fucking crazy shit, and we've been immersed in it. And I think everyone's aware of it. So let's talk about one other distraction. Yeah. Space Force on Netflix. Genius. Quirrell's in it. Speaking of The Office. Oh, shit. Yes. Going to definitely start that tonight after we go. Yeah, we're going back out. A few days ago. Not that like we're saying we're fucking victims or anything. Because this is basic human shit. This is what all non-people. Like, you know, we're Latino folks. But we look white as fuck. So we should be out there with other white people. We were sitting there, as many like to say, peacefully protesting, and we got fucking flashbanged and maced. Mm-hmm. And then they like closed off the street. It was like we were in a fucking battlefield. We were like running between apartment buildings, people coming out of apartments, giving us water to like wash off our faces and shit. They believe you have anywhere to stay. The police are still, it there sounds like there's bombs going off around us. And then they're just saying, you're going to be arrested. And it's like, well, where the fuck can we go? Because we have to go towards you to get back to Amanda's house. And we couldn't. Oh, my neighborhood is occupied. Yeah. yeah. It's completely occupied. I had to go change my driver's license address because it was still had our parents' address <laughs> from like 10 years ago <laughs> on it. Just to prove I live here. You know, and that's just a minor inconvenience compared to the shit black Americans uh, have to deal with on a daily basis. It's been an interesting week, but we're going to go back out there because I was telling my therapist, like I've never felt more called to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt I'm a social worker, you know, I thought I, you know, yeah, I found my calling. I was meant to do this. I feel good in this, but it's like, I feel that tug in my heart to be out there yeah. and to, to, Organized calls for action. I have a call to action for our, our police chief to resign. And y'all can participate in that too. We'll post that information on our Instagram. And if that's not something that you can support, well, you don't have to ah, listen. You. Yeah. <laughs> back out. But, you know, and to all white people, all white passing people, you need to be calling out anti-black racism on a daily basis. You should be calling it out daily, call it your family, call it your boss, call it your coworkers, put your jobs, put your lives, put everything on the line because it's too important to not give a shit. Yeah. And you have the privilege as white people that you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine because think about it. Us as white people, our privilege didn't come from nowhere. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Like if we get arrested for protesting, we're fucking. We're not going to get arrested. We'll be detained and they'll release us in a couple hours. Yeah. But. But there was a black man standing next to us a few days ago on the streets. And obviously we were protesting. It's been a nightly event. He still had his. It's a prison pants. Right. And they're just paper shitty ass pants. They get. Yeah. He was, you know, saying. I was arrested. They moved me six times in three days. He was face to face with the cop that arrested him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Donate to bail funds. Yes. People do not have the means, always have the means to bail themselves out of jail. And we shouldn't be in fucking jail for exercising our First Amendment rights. So we are very much living in a police state in this country. Tear gas is illegal to use in war. It was granted in 1925 at the Geneva. Um, not Geneva Convention, Geneva something. 1925 is when tear gas was deemed to use illegal in war. We should not be using it for protesters. <laughs> Thank God you had your inhaler. Man, that shit sucks. I really underestimated that shit. My eyebrows burned yeah. so fucking bad. It was like we got everything rinsed off our fingers and kind of breathe again, but it was like stuck in our eyebrows. Like my eyebrows burned too. Mm-hmm. But that shit sucks. And it was terrifying, and I can't imagine. Yeah. Imagine getting to be living in this country. It needs to be better, and we need to all be upset and uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And relentless because protest fucking works. We have plenty of examples in history that prove that. And if you can't think of one, Jesus fucking Christ, you're the problem. It's because our fucking education system failed us. And if you feel inconvenienced by protests or if you in any way, for example, people are saying, oh, there's going to be a spike in Corona because of these protests. Don't blame protesters. Blame racism. There you go. You know, I was reading an article today that public health experts say, no, we need to be out there protesting because black folks that have tested positive for COVID are more likely to die. The quality of care for black Americans is highly highly there there is no quality more black women die during childbirth than any other race for preventative yeah yeah in ways that are preventable yep and you know the history of the med- of medicine they didn't give black people any pain relief no, when they, they were don't think surgery. because they're other they don't think that black people feel pain so if you're just now learning that this country hates black people. You got a lot of catching up to do. And I hope we just gave you some good points. Um, look up COINTELPRO. Start there with Fred Hampton. I couldn't believe I was looking at stories of people we went to middle school and high school with. And like, they're just now like getting hyped to Fred Hampton. I was like, oh, no. Hey, better late. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. But where we went to high school, the population is like. 5,000 in the whole town. Yeah, and it's rural America, the forgotten man capital. Yeah, but don't realize how much that, just in a systemic level, like police also enforce poverty. It, it impacts them too, and a lot of farming communities are bought out by corporations. Yes. But anyway, that's not to take away from the fact that Black people built this country mm-hmm. after they were stolen from theirs. And they built on a land that was stolen mm-hmm. by colonizers. Yep. And also when you're protesting, 
he tried to shit outside of his box today and I moved him. I was like, dude, that's why I put that box around it. Anyway, when you're protesting, you know, a common call in something, whatever. Yeah. Common chant is whose streets are streets. If you're in a predominantly black neighborhood and you're white, do not say Don't that. say that. Those are not your streets. You're basically recolonizing. Yeah. Don't speak over black people. Yeah, don't speak over black Listen. people. Yell at the police all you want. Oh, yeah. Harass them. You know? But don't tell black people how to act or feel on protest. And also, if you're white, do not call out black police officers. That is an intercommunal conversation, and we need to stay out of it. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for coming back and listening. Yeah, thanks for hanging in there. Um, we appreciate you all. We don't have a schedule right now. It's okay to. It's okay to do that. You know, give yourself some grace. We've got a pandemic and a genocide happening. So give yourself grace, but not too much grace. Still call those motherfuckers out. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.